Hi, and welcome to the MTG Profits Podcast, the podcast all about the financial world of Magic the Gathering. You lucky listener are here listening in on episode five of MTG Profits, where we'll talk about all the, the finance of, of and ongoing news of Magic the Gathering and, and talk about how this collectible card game can make you money. Um, my name is Andy, and with me is my, my co-host as always, Devin. That's right, that's right. And uh, I think the big hotness, the big topic of the day is Guilds of Ravnica. We are revisiting this plane once more, which seems to happen all the time. Uh, we always seem to keep coming back to these different planes. We've uh, we've been back to Mirrodin. Uh, where else have we been? We've gone back to a couple of them. I know Wizards is uh, keeps keeps wanting to pull the uh, cash register uh, handle on the Ravnica. They, I think they're trying to relive some of the glory days from the return to Ravnica, which was arguably one of the one of the one of the best, I guess, um, uh, customer growth moments of the game's history. So more people joined Magic: The Gathering. Around the time of Return to Ravnica, they had a dr- dramatic growth in the player base, and ever since then have had nothing but player base declines. So I'm sure they're uh, hoping to rekindle some of that magic and, uh, and uh, again, ring that cash register once more and really tap it hard. And I think the original Ravnica was also interesting because it, it featured all the, the different guilds, and the guilds had the opposing colors and the... And the uh, uh, friendly colors together and and different cards to represent that and the the, the split mana it had a lot of new things and yeah. a lot of I, uh, a very strong multicolor uh, uh I think it might have been one of the first sets that really did strongly feature multicolor cards the original right. Ravnica it was the first time in my recollection that we had uh names of uh, color combinations i don't ever remember prior to that having like you know, now a lot of times when players refer to their card color combinations, they'll say, oh, I'm Orzov, or oh, I play Izzet colors, or or even more recently, you know, with, uh, like, the cons colors, you know, people will be like, oh, I play Jeskai, or, yep. you know, so, yep. but I remember the, the original Ravnica seems to be, in my recollection, the first time that uh, we actually gave color combinations names. Yeah, and that that seems to be the case, and and people refer to it by those names nowadays, and that's yep. that's yep. the thing. Can you name all five of the original? Oh, the I would say uh, for I would I I definitely cannot name the cons ones, but uh, well, I probably could the name the uh, the Ravnica yeah. ones would be I guess. Uh, Oh gosh, the originals. I'm not sure. We would have the Boros, Boros? the yep. uh, the. Um, the Selesnia and the Demir yeah. and um. Oh, what the heck is the green black ones? The Golgari, <laughs> the Golgari, the Golgari yeah. and um, maybe uh, what am I missing? Let's see, blue, blue, white, the Azorius, maybe. Azorius, yeah. Yeah, can't remember that. I'm sure there's more that I'm playing. Oh, the Gruul, I'm missing some of those. The oh, green, yeah. reds, and back into the black, green, the Gruul. Yeah. Oh uh-huh. gosh, uh, the black, red was the, what is the Rakdos? Rakdos, uh, the black, yeah. red. Yeah, I can't remember. There's, there's, there's like ten of them. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few actually. Yeah. I, I could never get down the the new ones, the tricolor ones. I keep forgetting them. Those yeah. are a little more. Yeah. You know, I I think it's funny because like when you play with the younger younger players, like you know, they rattle all that crap off, and I'm just like, damn, I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, I don't, I don't remember which colors those are. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it is funny. So it's like there's a little bit of an age. To, uh, I guess discrepancy of um, the, the the knowledge pool there, the younger players versus the older ones. But yeah. um, the orders off. That was yeah. Oh, black, the, white. black white. That's right. Yeah. You know what else I think is is funny is the uh, we'll see we'll have to take a wait and see approach. But I know um, the uh, Richard Garfield was associated with the original Ravnica and also the Return to Ravnica. He was. Uh, also, he helped to set design those sets. Oh, wow. Um, as well as more recently, the Dominaria sets. Yep. But, um, I remember to, reading that, yeah. To my knowledge, he has nothing to do with Return to Return to Ravnica. Or, <laughs> you know, so we'll, we'll see if, uh, if set design suffers uh, 
due to his lack of presence. So yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, how what, what's his influence on it? Really, it's, it's funny how like those sets were so well received. It seems like he's a, a creative force even to this day. You know, and uh, it's, it's kind of he's had some of his own other games released. Oh gosh, yeah. Or, yeah, more in the board game arena. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I've got a bunch of his. Well, not a bunch, but I have several of his games on. Uh, on my on my my game shelf, so I'm sure you probably do too. I do, yeah, I have one or yeah. two there, definitely. Yeah. So, what's your impression of Guild of Ravnica? You know, I I have not had the pleasure to play yet. I know you you have. I know you were out at pre-release, but um, you know, I I always like I always like uh, multicolor sets, and I actually prefer two colors over three colors. I'm sort of a two-color kind of guy. Sure. But um. So it's a little bit too early for me to tell. I, I looked over, you know, I'll see all the cards that were coming out. Nothing really jumped out at me as as is in my mind like must have cards. Mm-hmm. You know, there is that uh, there is the the card that everybody's talking about, the new black green one that uh, you know is Assassin's new. Trophy. Yeah, excellent, excellent, excellent card. See play in a lot of Absolutely. formats. It's really hard to beat that. Other than that, I didn't see anything that was, in my mind, very standout, you know, where I thought to myself, ah, I want to build around that card. And a lot of times I do have that sense, oh, I want to build around this card. Yeah. But um, I don't know if maybe I just haven't seen or experienced them enough. I'm not sure. What was your take after your experience? With you know, the- I guess kind of along those lines, too, you know, there's there wasn't any big bombs in this set. You know, usually some, you know, some, uh, a set usually has like one chase rare that everybody's really after and, and it's worth a lot of money. But, you know, this set doesn't really have that. Uh, like, for example, in Dominaria, it was Teferi, who was yeah. you know, about almost $50 now. This yeah. one, you know, the highest we're talking is about 20 25 maybe. Yeah. Uh, so really, there isn't like one major bomb in this set that you really are looking for. You know, I, I will say that I do like the fact that the most sought-after card in the set is is rare and not mythic rare. You know, because I'm getting a real tired of boxes and their values being tied to the mythic pulls yep. instead of the rare pulls. So, you know, that, that just gets old. So. It does. It does. Yeah. In this case, Assassin's Trophy is only a rare, and yeah. it's, it's uh, well, at this moment, it is the most valuable card in the set at $25. Yeah. So, I, I like to see that. I like to see, you know, that a non-mythic card is the best card in the set. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wish they would do that more. You know, and and over the years they've changed their their thought on what they what the mythics are supposed to do. You know, I don't know if you remember, like years ago, uh, Mark Rosewater had mentioned that mythics were, you know, their place was to be the bomb. You know, be the card that you sure. have to play around in a draft or things of that nature, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and. Um, and he sort of changed his tune over the years, where now the mythic rares are about scarcity and value. So he's he's really sort of changed their, you know, their essentially, or at least he's what he's described as is dramatically yeah. different than his original um, sort of thought on what a mythic should be. And and I, I almost don't I almost dislike the mythic rarity to this day because I think it. It makes uh, the values harder to assess in these sets and these. I think it's more than they're more just of like collector items than actual bomb cards. <sighs> well, like, you know, originally they would say, "Oh, you know, that when you come across a mythic and you're drafting, that should be, you know, a clear sign that that card's great." You know, mm-hmm. but now, you know, in more recent sets, like they'll, like I, I can't remember the. Um, you know, and now I can't remember the exact specific card referenced, but when people ask, like, you know, well, this card is not a bomb, nor is it very useful, you know, why is it, you know, a mythic rare card? And his sure. answer wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't that it was a, a, you know, a valuable card to play with, but that scarcity was what determined okay. its value. So yeah. it, it sort of changed from from being something where, you know, it would impact gameplay you know, to it's going to impact your uh, your wallet more okay. so. <laughs> so it's yeah, kind of a shame. We've yeah. definitely seen mythic rares that are terrible. Like that, and the fact oh, that you yeah. would not play with that card because it is not a good card. You know, and that's that's what's unfortunate. You know, mythic rares almost should be. You know, well, I almost like the original thought or intent for them better. Like, oh, if you see a mythic, it's probably going to be a bomb creature that's going to really change the limited, you know, mm-hmm. versus versus something that's just valuable, you know. Although sometimes they're neither powerful nor valuable, 
<laughs> so, although they, they, they often are, but I don't want to get too much off on a tangent about that. Yeah. But um, yeah. that's probably a talk for another day of why I just sure. like mythics and, and planeswalkers for that matter. Yeah. But, uh, I guess, uh, again, probably another another day. Yeah. I guess speaking, too, of Guild of Ravnica and, and the cards and that, I mean, we we have no basic lands in uh, Guilds of Ravnica. I believe every pack is uh, contains a guild gate instead of the basic land. Yeah, I think so, that's great. I like that. I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, that's yep. with the theme. Yep. Plus, uh, it makes the drafting better, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm all a fan for better drafting. Anything else. Yeah. Know. I feel like the best with Play. One of the other interesting things with this set too was, uh, and this is will be a bigger discussion, but for another time, but about the buy a box promo. So this time we had the, the impervious great worm as the the buy a box promo, who's currently selling for you know, about nineteen dollars is his estimated value. But um, he is a sixteen sixteen convoke indestructible green creature uh, for ten mana to cast. Seven colorless, three green. Does he trample? He does not trample. Okay. Apparently this is the biggest uh, black-bordered creature ever printed. Huh, 16-16, huh? Well, I guess uh, guess Emrakul is a 15-15, right? Yeah. But uh, how about that? The Convoke makes it doable. The Convoke makes it doable. I know when I see this card, the first thing I think of is Fling. I'm like, oh, I would just play this card, and that would be it. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, I mean, I like it. I think it's a cool creature. I like, I like big, 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 big creatures. creatures. I think that's fun. Yeah, I, yeah, I know you're you're a fan of the big yeah. stuff. But, yep. uh, but I guess um, you, there's, there's also something to think too. You know, we're, how how big is too big? You know, are we going to see a, a 2020 creature like at some point? Yeah, probably. Or, I guess probably. we already have. Like really. Merit Lodge or whatever. Merit Lodge. Was it Merit Lodge? So I yeah. guess that would be a black border, although that was a land that would yeah, produce a token. A land. Uh, but um, but I mean a straight out, uh, you know. Yeah, just a hard, hard type creature, I guess. Yeah, um, I, don't I don't know. know. The power levels keep keep. You going. know, I would say they've done a pretty good job of maintaining power creep. You know, they 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 scale it back. You know, the the power creeps up and they scale it back. They it powers up. They scale it back. I think they do a relatively good job of maintaining power creep, better so than many other card games. So I, I think they've, I, I think one thing, it's funny because they do, so, Wizards does so many things wrong, that mm. seems to be one of the things they do right, you know. Sure. They, they seem to keep power levels relatively in check. So, and they, they, they so I, I must commend them for that because the game does stay interesting. For that reason, because uh, and it, and it keeps the value of older cards high enough, because there's not always going to be something more powerful printed. So I actually uh, think they do a relatively good job on maintaining power creep. I'd say I don't know mixed. I, I feel every set gets a little more powerful in, in different ways. Uh, if anything, just for cheaper costs for the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I, I think I think that's. I'd say I partially agree with that. I, I think you know, going way back to, for example, like you know, a Sarah Angel used to be like four four flying vigilance for five mana, and and now we have like Baneslayer Angel, you know, or exactly. I remember or, more recently Baneslayer like Myra Dornbringer. Yeah, when that Baneslayer Angel came up, I mean, that was what a fifty dollar card when it officially yeah. when it first pretty, came out. It was pretty up there. It was, it's, I mean, because it was amazing. It was an amazing card that did everything. Yeah, but yeah. you know, look at it. Took like you know twenty twenty years, yep. <laughs> so it, it took a while to creep to that it level, did. and and it's ratcheted back since then. You know, that was arguably. Yeah. Among the most powerful time of Magic, you know, where the decks yeah. were the most powerful, they were, you know, that was like the the Cobblade time. I don't know if you remember that, but oh, yeah. I, I did actually play a little bit of Standard at that time, and it was brutal. It was like the freaking Jace the Mind sculpture was Standard legal. Mm-hmm. Those uh, swords, those you know, swords of light and light and darkness yep. and all that would yep. would be going on those stupid birds that would <laughs> call sure. their brothers. I can't remember that stupid. But, oh, are you uh, talking about the the Glintocks? But no, gosh, it was uh oh boy, I can't remember the name of the the. Uh, it was a one one flying bird for two mana, one white and a colorless. And mm-hmm. when you cast it, you could find you could dig another yeah. one out and put it into your hand. The, um, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the but uh, in any 
The Squadron oh. Hawk. There it is. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Yep. And uh, so that you know that. You know, that was probably the peak of power, you know, and, and around that, I want to say right prior to that was when the, uh, the Bane Slayer came out and, and, um, and, and it's actually ratcheted back since then. You know, it's actually, the games are like, you know, I don't know, the cards have, have eased down. So I, I think. To some degree. I think it's mixed, like you said. I mean, well, then we got the Eldrazi, the, even the recent Eldrazi that are like 15-15 and, you know, uh, Emrakul and, and Ulamog and, uh, those are, you know, very powerful cards. And those were mainstays of, of a lot of the competitive decks for quite a bit. Yeah, until they had to ban, I want to say, Emrakul, which was kind of a shame. It's kind of a shame, like, thematically when they ended up banning their big baddie. <laughs> you know, it was like yeah. a multi-set story arc coming to a head, and they're like, oh, we have to ban the big enemy that we've been foreshadowing for, like, two sets, two blocks. Uh, yep, yep. That was a real shame. I was like, God, oh, I couldn't deal I with it. I think a lot of those decks, too, it was just get to those get those big creatures out as fast as possible and win. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's exactly right. Was, was how it was. So. Exactly. But, but um, speaking of, like, so... You know, we got the different products. We just touched on a little bit on the, the buy a box promo. I'll touch, I want to touch a little bit more about the buying a box and, and we'll talk more about the finance of that. But just to, to get to some of the other products first, because I think they're a little quicker to, to discuss. So we've got a, as always with a, a release, there's all the associated product that comes out with it. So we've got, uh, Guilds of Ravnica booster packs, your, you know, your standard booster pack of, of, uh, in this case, Guild of Ravnica, which is, what, uh, 14 cards, a uh, token, and a, a guild gate? Yeah, I guess the number right. Yeah, sounds like right. Yeah. Um, then you've got, uh, I guess I, this seems like a new one to me, I guess the Guild of Ravnica bundle. I hadn't heard of this type of, uh, set before. Uh, where it's each bundle contains 10 Guilds of Ravnica booster packs to add to your collection. So oh, this is, no, this is the fat pack. This it's basically is the, the fat pack. Yeah. I think yeah. for social justice reasons, they've changed the naming. <laughs> so yeah. they, they added one booster pack, and they no longer call it fat. So now it's called a bundle. A so, bundle, yeah. Because yeah. I was going to say, well, yeah, it seems like more boosters in this than previously. Yeah, one more booster. Okay. Yeah. So you get the little pack, which is which is nice. Um, yeah, they increased the MSRP five bucks too. Oh really? <laughs> oh, so you, you do so pay you're, for you're the, paying for that pack. Yeah. For that pack, okay. Well, yeah, that, that figures. <laughs> I do. Um, I do also see that they're bringing these theme boosters back too. Uh, did you see that? Where they're yes, the guilds of Ravnica theme boosters and. Um, the um they're thirty five card uh booster packs. Okay. And um they are guild specific. So you can buy a Boros guild theme pack and or a Demir or a Simic or whatever. And there are thirty five cards in this. They're guaranteed to have a rare, okay. maybe more than one, a rare or a mythic, and maybe okay. more than one. But um they're supposed to be theme oriented. The uh, curious thing about these, I, I honestly like this idea. I like this idea from great. Yeah. from a um, from a uh, a player standpoint. It's sort of yep. like if you're sitting here thinking, "Wow, I really like the Simic stuff, but I hate this Burroughs crap." You know, if, exactly. if that's your mindset, you're like, "Well, I'm just going to buy all the stuff that I want." And um, I really like that um, that level of, of 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 selection. You know, and I, I think I don't really have a problem with the product per se. They did this back in Dominaria as well, and uh, they did it with colors. So you yeah. could get, like, a white booster pack. I think pack. that's great. I think it's great yeah. for a player who wants to build up yeah. a certain deck, and, and they too. just want those colors. You know? I mean, because if you buy a pack now, you know, typically you'd get a pack, and it would be all different colors. And, you know, a lot of that pack get, would be... Yeah, you may buy ten packs and get nothing you want. Yeah. You know, you know what? I, I'm a little bit... I, I like the product. I like the idea. I hate the way it was executed last time. So I, I hope they do it differently this time. Last time when they did this, these products were only released through mass market retailers. Okay. They were only available in Walmarts and Targets and Mayors, and, okay. um, which is like a Canadian grocery store. So okay. they only were available in giant box stores. They were not available in your game store. They were not available in your LGS. Wow. So it was like... 
again, just another really hard slap in the face to yeah, the local exactly. game stores. They're like, oh, guess what? This new product that, that caters to casual players, you know, people exactly. that want to have a specific color. Guess what, LGS? Not for you. This Too is bad. for Walmart to sell. And, yeah. You know, so I, I hate that, and I, I hope that is not the case moving forward with this product. Time will tell. Um, I've never actually laid hands on a, uh, a colored I've pack. I've never like seen that. one of these in the stores yet either, and, and nor have I bought one. So yeah, I've never actually uh, laid my hands on one. So we'll see. Do we know but, what the uh, the retail cost is on these guys? You know what? I'm not exactly sure. I want to say that. Um, I want to say was it? Uh, I want to say it was eight bucks. I want to say seven ninety nine. Okay, that sounds about right because we're talking thirty five cards, almost. Uh, more it's than like, double. Yeah, it's like uh, three three boosters, but I think you're only getting one rare, I believe. You know, one maybe two. Yeah. So I'm not exactly sure about that, so don't hold me to it. But well, I, we'll I have the suspicion that's 7.99. Yeah. Okay. But interesting. But, yeah. I, I, again, I like the idea. I like it conceptually. I just hated the way it was executed. Yeah. So I I felt that was very unfortunate. And I guess the the last big part of this, the last product to talk about is the Planeswalker decks. So there's going to yeah. be some new Planeswalker decks coming out. I think those were November 2nd, was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. They call them Guild of, Guilds of Ravnica Guild Kits. Yeah, although so, I, I don't know if these are the Planeswalker ones. I think they're slightly different. The Guild Kits are the Guild, the guild kit. Kits different, different than the Planeswalker? I yeah, I think so. Same. The Planeswalkers always are like the the new the new player products that usually have a Planeswalker in them. Okay. The guild kits are just guild specific decks that are not standard legal. Okay. And I want to say they're like twenty bucks or something. Okay. So I guess two, two. Yeah, I guess like yeah, I see Ral and, and Braska. I guess I guess then it's really two different. Two different products. Two yeah. different sets of products. A guild kit and a planeswalker uh, yes. deck. That's correct. So we have two two other deck types coming out. Yeah. Uh, and I it sounds from from what I've seen, it looks like what you really want to focus on is the Guild of Ravnica Guild Kit, which is coming out November second. So this is uh MSRP of twenty bucks. You get 60 cards, one spin-down counter, a, a pin, and a sticker. Because everyone needs a sticker. Yeah, we got to throw in that sticker. <laughs> it's going to make a difference. Because I, I think uh, the original ones gave you a sticker, too. Oh, so, God, I don't during know. During the pre-release. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I, I, actually, I had a little Boro sticker. I, I, I joke about the sticker. I prefer a sticker than a pin. So, you know, I... I, <sighs> I think that could go either way. I, I don't know what I... Probably would really do it either, but at least I can slap a sticker on a box or something that That's might true. hold magic cards. But I'm not going to do diddly with a pin. Yeah, the pin probably not a whole lot. Um, it's funny though. But looking at these decks, I mean, obviously they are uh, pre-constructed decks of the uh, the different builds. Sure. Um, you know, looking at these from a financial perspective, uh, really the only deck that it stands out to me anyway. Is one and only is the one, one and only the one you should buy is the Silenzia. Um, if you can get it at MSRP, if you get an MSRP, which means go to Target or Walmart or a big box store, and uh, I guess what maybe even Amazon too, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and buy it for twenty bucks because the one money card in there for first time reprinted, I believe. Uh, is privileged so. position the white green enchantment, uh, which is worth approximately twenty six dollars. So yeah. you're yeah. automatically coming out ahead just on that one card alone. Just the one card, yep. And I think other than that, there's not a tremendous. It's funny because there's like two other cards in the entire deck worth more than a dollar. I know. It's <laughs> really kind, kind of pathetic. Of, they they know exactly <laughs> what they're doing. They'll t they'll that'll. That'll rock the price of privileged position probably to the twelve dollar mark with the release of this pre-constructed product. Probably. So yeah. it'll probably ratchet that right down to twelve bucks, you know. And then you got like you know, maybe, I think Tristani's in there, and yep. he's Tristani. reasonably valuable, but I want to say he's like a three yeah. to five dollar card. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. so it's kind of sad that the rest of the decks looks, you know, so much lower in value in comparison, and honestly doesn't look that great to me anyway, but. 
maybe it it plays better than it looks there. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. But uh, uh, but you're right. Uh, from a financial standpoint, you got to go with the Celestia one. It's the only one that you want to touch with a ten foot pole. And um, you know, again, it's just I think another another just another product for for them to to uh, you know pull that cash register lever on you. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, from a player standpoint, too, I mean, Project Resistance is a great card. Oh, yeah. uh, Green-white decks, you know, it's it's awesome. It's an awesome card. It hasn't been seen in a long time. Uh, you know, something definitely for the for collecting or definitely for playing with. I mean, it fits perfectly into yeah. that. Yeah, I think that, I think that you know, that's played in probably every every deck that has its colors where it's legal, you yeah. know. If you're playing kitchen table where most you know, most people play, that that card sees play. So exactly, it's a great great card. Yeah, absolutely. The only other thing, just to circle back to the the box and yeah. buying a box and and what to do about buying a box and I know we talked about this earlier in the week that really the best time to to buy a box was is. You want to get the box prior to the release, and you want to sell it immediately. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's always the way to go when stuff is hyped up to the max, and the demand is high and the supply is low. And uh, you had a pretty good experience with that recently. I did. I, I looked out on this, and you know, I did something I never do, and I ended up buying a box. And this was because my local game store was having a little promotion, and it was buy a box, and you get free entry into one pre-release event. And I said, oh, wow, that sounds great. And in retrospect, I should have inquired more about the details and the cost because, you know, minus the cost of the uh, pre-release uh, event, which is about $25, uh, the, to- the, the total I paid for, for that box was $125. So you take okay. out $25 for what it would have cost me to participate in the event, that leaves you with about a hundred dollar box. Okay. So it, it, I mean, it did come with the buy a box promo, which was great. Good. So uh, it was so legit that. there. Good. So that that was fine. Um, so then, I you know I got stuck with the box, and I thought to myself, well, what am I going to do with this box? I, I guess I'm going to to try to to sell all the profitable parts of the box and see what I get. And honestly, I was able to successfully do that. I. I had, uh, just to give you a rundown of some of the, the, the cards in that, that were of value in that box. And I only concentrate on things over $2. Anything under $2 was just not worth the time. Yeah, so uh, what were your top, your top, say, four hits in that box? The top four. So I did get the, the money card, the Assassin's Trophy. So I oh, got very lucky in that. That's $25 right there. Uh, the next highest was Aurelia, which is about $12. Good, good. And the next few were all very similar. I had a lot of kind of things in the six to eight dollar range. So I had several of the dual lands. So I had the the red white land. I had the blue, or I had the yeah the blue red land and the um uh, what's the other one the uh, so you got three of them. I got three of the, those lands, and those and those range from about six to eight dollars. So yeah. Um, you know, I, I made sure to get rid of all those as well. So, in the end, I, I lucked out when I actually did the math. The the estimated value came over a hundred dollars, and uh, I'll provide a in the, going forward in the future a, a complete breakdown of what cards of value were in there, uh, what they were sold for, what my actual uh, profit was on that, so you can see the actual breakdown. Like I said, I, I broke, I certainly broke even on it, but I, I didn't make, you know, I, I didn't make a huge profit. I, I wasn't, you know, like a $50 profit or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it was certainly less than that. And, you know, I think, um, you know, the advantage to that is uh, you do get to keep the, the, you know, the bulk. You end up keeping all the, you know, the, the rest of the cards, which is kind of mm-hmm. nice. So you, you ended up basically going through some, some effort and labor. Sure. But you sold the cards of value, and you keep the rest, which is, you know, it's kind of nice. The, the hobby fed itself right there. Exactly. Exactly. One thing I, I think, uh, word of caution, the um, and 
this is for our listeners to sort of take home uh, is that um, Guilds of Ravnica is going to follow the exact same release trajectory as the other two most recent sets, the Dominaria and the Core 19, which will be a, a trickle, an initially a small trickle into local game stores and uh, mass markets with then a massive floodgate opening. Uh, a, mu- uh, a month or two after release. So what you'll see is initially tight supply. So be careful, be, you know, reluctant to pay the prices for the cards upon release of the set. They will be inflated because the demand will be higher than the supply. And then, uh, once the, uh, once the breaks, once they back off the brakes and allow that to be ordered in massive quantities, you'll see that the prices drop dramatically in the exact same fashion they did with Dominaria and Core 19. So uh, just be careful of that because at first it'll feel like, wow, you know, this Assassin's... Um, I can't remember the name of that card. Assassin's Trophy. The Assassin's Trophy. It's, yep. it's going up in price, you know, not down. But, um, you know, it, it, just like everything, it will go down, and, and you're not going to want to pay the initial price if you can wait. You know, if you need it for some deck, that may be a different story altogether. But if you're trying to buy the cards and trying to get a reasonable deal, do not buy them in the first month or so. Wait until wait until they're released on mass, and then go ahead and, and start making your purchases. So when but, do you think is a good time to start purchasing those? You know, you can almost tell it because what ends up happening is the prices start to, to drop dramatically. Um, for example, when you had uh, Dominaria, I think you popped a pretty expensive card. Didn't you get, like, Karn or Teferi? Did you get a Karn, yep. So when you first opened him, that was... Was that at release day? Was that a game day uh, thing? It was right near near that. Yeah. Okay. So you got him, like, approximately at release time, and then you probably, probably dumped him shortly thereafter, which I was... I dumped him quite... Quickly after yeah. that, and I got I sold him for about forty five, I believe. Good. So that's that's pretty much the way to go. And then I want to see like four. I want to say like four to I want to say four to six weeks after that, he was down to like twenty two. Yes, so, he dropped significantly. Yeah, and and you can tell the moment that it happens because you'll see a a pretty dramatic decline in pricing when all of a sudden the supply hits the chain. So, and I think it's like, I want to say it was like, it was like a month. After a month, the um, the restrictions on the uh, LGS's ability to buy boxes was, was lifted. And instead of being able to only buy like, you know, six boxes, all of a sudden they were able to order as many as they wanted to. And um, so you can almost tell because the expensive cards in the in the set dropped like like a stone. So, I think it's like six weeks after. You know what? I'll double check that, and, yeah. and I'll yeah, talk next week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But um, so just a heads up on that. Don't buy early. You know, just, exactly. Just be yeah. patient. Bide your time. The prices will not hold. So yeah. everything will drop. And I, I think one other point to stress as well is that. The the time to sell is instantly. As far as these these, if you get it in a pre-release or right at release time, it's only going to drop. It's only going to go down. Absolutely. So, so get, get rid, rid of it as, as soon, soon as possible. As possible. Um, and and also keep in mind, and this is for all of your investments and in spending. You know, getting the card is great, but it's not worth anything until you actually sell it. So, just sitting at home with it, or you know, thinking about what to do with it, or, or whatnot. You're not, it's not doing anything for you. It's until you actually sell it and make actual money in your pocket that that turns into value. Yeah, you got to lock in those gains in order to keep Which means sell it as soon as possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Good deal. On, the, uh, on a side note, I, I tend to sell more, um, more sealed product lately than, than single cards. And... Um, I don't know if any of our listeners have any sense for for why this is happening, but um, had a lot of interest in the uh, Eternal Masters boxes recently. I've had some of those for listed for sale for I want to say like six to eight weeks with nary a peep, and then in the last like three or four days, I've had uh, a lot of a lot of interest in offers and actually sold the box today, and um, which was weird because it had been so quiet, and I and that yeah. means when I see that no activity, and then all of a sudden. Lots of interest, 
something changed. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, it seems like maybe there's some sort of speculation about some sort of card. Yeah, something that, something happened. That, you know, maybe that'll that impacts this set. I don't know. Yeah, curious. Yeah, that seems weird. Yeah, but I think it might be uh, it might be about time for us to start moving on to our next segment. I agree. Next yeah. Segment. yeah. Yeah, so we talked about some news. So as as always, we we have our picks for this week of different cards that you should invest in. That's right. That's right. Did you want to go ahead and start with one of yours? Sure, sure. So for this week, I you know last week I, I talked a little bit about the rotation. So those we had four it's four sets uh, rotating out: Kaladesh, Ether Revolt, uh, Amonkhet, and Hour of Devastation. And this is a good time to to pick up some of the cards from there to, to add to your collection because they're kind of lower prices. So one card to that that I would recommend is I'll probably butcher the pronunciation here, but uh, Sahili Ray, yeah, yeah, the 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 Planeswalker. Uh, this card is a, still a little pricey for for my taste uh, at the moment, at uh, close to five dollars, about four seventy four. But um, it's a Planeswalker, which right there makes it of of some value. It's a unique card. It is. It has seen it's a three mana uh, planeswalker. That three mana planeswalker, yeah. which which does matter. Is you know there were some decks that do use that. Uh, it has some unique abilities that we haven't seen in, in other planeswalkers. Um, about creating a token that's a copy of an artifact and token gains haste. Uh, very very powerful with you know artifact decks. And I there was a. Um, I can't remember what it was now. There, there was a turn was, uh, yeah, an infinite, an infinite uh, cat combo. Yeah, the, it actually led to the banning of the um, because it was actually a in standard combination. It was like a white yeah. cat yeah. token that basically gave it an infinite combo. They had to ban the cat part, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it was a tournament deck for a time. There's a combo with that. Um, so unique card. I, I think I could definitely see this card, you know, increasing in value. Um, like I said, Planeswalker, unique abilities, uh, pretty good. I, I think it's worth picking up a couple of these and, and sitting on that. Uh, I would definitely see this going up. Yeah, what do you think your what do you think your end result price point would be on that? You know, it's it's going for four, like I said, close to five dollars now. I I I'd like to drop see it drop a little bit more before purchasing. You know, maybe closer to four-ish, low four, high threes, and gotcha. then I, I would see. I would hope that it would, you know, definitely go up in the future. I, I would sell definitely, probably six or up. I, I'd probably drop it. Um, yeah, I but I probably I don't see any I don't see any huge spikes in this one for for a little while. Probably. Uh, until we head back to return to Kaladesh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I hear you. So, <clears throat> so what's uh, what's I've, your first pick here, Dave? Well, what I've got here is a card that, uh, unfortunately, actually, since I started doing a little bit of my research as to what I wanted to look at next, has actually crept up in price a little bit. Oh, so wow. it's um I I I, uh, I uh, I'm a little bit late to the party, but not too late. It's uh it's a card that was uh, originally printed in Rise of the Eldrazi. And uh, it's a it's a great Is it card. <laughs> no, not uh, ancient stirrings. Uh, I cried. Yeah, that's a card that's always surprised me that its its value is so high. It's in yeah. those Tron, it's in those Tron decks. That's why it's yep. it's so used, and it's a four of. But um, it's actually a card that's super annoying when you've got it on the battlefield against you. It's uh, the core spirit dancer. And, oh uh, yeah! Spirit Dancer gets plus two plus two every time if like an aura is attached to it, and you draw a card. And um, so it was originally like a Rise of the Eldrazi, and then I want to say it came out like Plain Chase, and um, and recently reprinted in Battle Bond. Battle so Bond. that's yeah, yeah that's, that's why the yeah. price dropped. And um, prior to the Battle Bond release, uh, this card was about five dollars, and uh, relatively recently it was as low as a buck. It was like a dollar. Wow. So um, it's uh, it's crept up a little bit since then. It's now actually, uh, and when I say recently, like this week. So I saw them for like a dollar and a quarter, and um, I, you know, I do see one that's a that's uh, they're like in they're like a bucks buck fifty buck fifty nine. Yeah. So it's crept up a little bit. Um, this card is always used as a four of in the decks that it is used, and um, you know it, it's a it's very very useful. 
And, um, you know, I would get out of this card once it starts to uh, eclipse the 350 mark. So okay. this would be a card I'd pick up at uh, below 150 and sell above 350. Okay. And um, it, it will get there as long as they don't reprint it again it, relatively soon. So if yeah. it holds off for a while, it'll creep up. It'll and if they don't wait, you know, if they don't reprint it recently, you know, soon, it'll yeah. creep to 5 and maybe as high as 7 to 8. Um, that was what it was before its original um, plane chase reprinting or whatever. But um, so I, I think it's got it, it's it's a great card, you know, and I, I, I see powerful. It's, it's it's definitely worth the, the buck and a quarter. And um, I'd buy this in a, in play sets, so you can sell them as four ofs because that'll you know that'll that'll that's the way to make your money on that. You buy four of them for a buck and a quarter, so you spend about five dollars, and then you sell them. You know, for sixteen dollars. You know, so that's that's how you do that. Great card, definitely a good good pickup on that one. That's that's my number number one pick. For number the one. Week. Number yeah. One. Cool. Uh, I guess my uh, number two pick is uh, going back to things rotating out. Uh, this is a, a popular card for your red decks. You got to look toward the Soulscar Mage. Who is a uh, from Alan Cat? He is a one red mana. He's a one two prowess. Uh, if source you control would deal down combat damage to a creature an opponent controls, put that many minus one minus one counters on that creature instead. Uh, he's been been well. He was kind of dropping. Now he's doing a little bit of a creep creeping up at the moment. Um, he's still under two dollars though, so that's certainly a reasonable price. Uh, he is in a number of, of decks lately, uh, Rakdos and some of these red deck wins kind of decks. Uh, I mean, you're, you're talking a 1-2 creature with prowess, um, pretty good, and a little unusual ability with a minus one, minus one counters. Um, right. It kind of gets around a couple things. This, this card just feels to me like a lot of those other kind of red wizard cards, so to speak. Like yeah. last week you talked about the... Uh, the Eidolon of the Eidolon. Great Level. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other ones uh, that are just like that. What's the um, like the other one where you can discard cards out of your graveyard to do damage? Oh, yeah. The, um, the other Red Wizard. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. You know what I'm talking about. I know about. exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's one mana. He's like a one-two. You pay a mana to do a shock by removing cards from your yep. graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> this guy feels like he's kind of in that club where... You know, he, he's got those kind of abilities that he's he's small enough and he can sneak in for some extra damage or as a unique ability, and that's just going to, to make him popular, especially in red decks um, that are just trying to be fast and, and burn and do as much damage as fast as possible. Uh, he seems to, to fit into that, that category. Yeah. Um, yep. And with Price other $2, that's a pretty good, good deal, I think. Um you know, I could see him. You know, I'd, I'd try to pick him up for, you know, like a buck twenty-five or something. Seems seems fair for him, or, or clo even closer to a dollar if possible. And then sell him for, you know, get four of of, of him, of course. And then, uh, you know, sell him. I could see him easily just slowly creeping up over time. Um, you know, anywhere to. I could see him landing maybe on a four-dollar card. Maybe maybe in a little more over time. So I, I I would I think he's a a safe bet for red decks in the future. Yeah, I think that's not a bad one. Yeah, yeah, good deal. I think. Um, What's your your second? So pick? okay, for my my second pick, I've got a um, a, kind of a classic card that um, saw its reprint hammering in um, uh. Two master sets. So this card came out originally in Apocalypse. It uh, really the price just did nothing but go up. It hadn't seen a reprint for essentially a very long time until uh, Masters, um, until Eternal Masters came out, and um, and then uh, more recently uh, Masters Twenty Five. It's a great card that sees play again anywhere where it's legal, and currently it's seen in like a. A white, blue, black deck, and that card is Vindicate. Oh, and, uh, great Yeah, Vindicate's three mana instant, or no, three mana sorcery, but it's destroy a target permanent. 
And um, it sounds you know, a lot like Assassin's Trophy to me. It does. It <laughs> does. It's very, very similar. No drawback, but it costs one more. Not at instant speed. That's I would say it's yeah, drawback. It's um that's its its weakness. However, this card is going for two bucks, two and a quarter. Uh, so it um again depending on the speed of reprints. So it's had two you know reprints relatively recently, but the reprints were in master sets. So I still yeah. feel that that does limit some of the supply. I feel that the I feel that the perception is that there's tons of supply out there, but it's not. As high as sure. with a mass market release, and um, but boy, at two and a quarter though, I don't think you can go wrong. To give you a sense for perspective, um, prior to the Masters twenty five release, so this would have been after the Eternal Masters release, it had dropped down to six dollars. So prior to that, it was probably I want to say twelve to eighteen dollars, wow. and uh, the Eternals Masters dropped it, you know, hammered it down to the six dollar range. And uh, now we're looking at, at b- between two and three. At two and a quarter, this is definitely a buy. And uh, I would sell once it started creeping up. Like if it, if it got to six, boom, I'd sell. Oh, yeah. You know? so, that. yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. So that's my, that's my second pick of the day. Nice. So I don't know. Do you have an extra pick or, or a sort one, of a bonus pick? I have one pick? bonus pick for today. I know we're getting low on time here. Uh, this is a total long shot Hick, I you know I don't know if it's gonna go anywhere, but I you know I suspect it's gonna gonna head up a little bit. Even trends show that it's slowly just minusculely creeping, mm-hmm. and uh, this fits on on I did this on purpose because an expectation in, of uh, Guilds of Ravnica. So we'll see where this goes. But if you want a long shot pick, go for and try out purchasing some Mazes End. So this was oh, alternate win. Yeah, this was a, a card from Dragon's Maze. Maze uh, in our last uh, 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 trip to Ravnica, and uh, it was originally a promo card, and uh, it's an alternate win land card. So this has this revolves around those guild gates, where if you have ten or more gates with different names in the game, you win the game. Now, admittedly, it's something very hard to pull off, but I mean, this is something that definitely appeals to like the casual player, and it's something kind of fun to to try to to get an alternative win. Yeah, I think alternate win cards always appeal to the casual. It's always fun to to get a new way to win. You know, it's one of those times where you don't feel bad when you lose. Exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. So. It's certainly more of a challenge to do. And now we, you know, we've got the guilds are all back. We've got more guild gates. I think the guild gates are all actually the same guild gates. I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if in you know the next set we see more guild related um, cards that you know maybe do some more interest. the interest. Yeah. yeah, I mean even right now there's more cards that have uh, pretty positive abilities uh, if you have gates in play. So yep. I could definitely see more of that, which makes playing the mazes end and trying to do that even easier. So. I could see we could get more interest there. Yeah, yeah, more playability of this card. Um, And like I said, you could pick up the promos of it pretty cheap because they were pretty widely distributed. Uh, But if you want to go for a little bit more, get the original, the non-promo version. Uh, That's going for about a dollar now, so you know you can't go too wrong with that. So I I grabbed a couple of those, and uh, we'll see where it goes. I'm hoping that. um, You know, we're going to see some more cards, and, and this guy is going to slowly creep up. Yeah. Like, creep up. Yeah. I think it's reasonable. I, I think, you know, I think sometimes it's just a matter of waiting for the right card to make another older card pop up. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. I, um,. I have uh, a little bit of a cheat, and I know sometimes our stretch picks are, are either you know cards that are ultra cheap or, or mm-hmm. things of that nature, and um, and I can't remember if I mentioned this before, so but I'm going to re-mention it again because it's it's prescient and timely. Sure. Is um, it's actually not a single card, but it's actually a the split card. No, no, uh, I hate the split card. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them, but uh, the splits and the and the flips I hate, but. Uh, but no, it's actually the booster box of uh, of Iconic Masters. And uh, I think I've mentioned this prior, I want to say during episode two, yeah. I think these booster boxes have reached their capitulation point. So okay. most of my um, 
lately, a lot of my buying and selling has been of sealed product booster boxes in particular. And um, so right now, these booster boxes have been doing nothing but going down until, I want to say, a few weeks ago when I started to notice they, they seem to have bounced off the bottom. Okay, so, um, so for the sake of argument, I bought some... But I'm sitting on three of these, and the most recent ones I bought were at 117. So that was That's pretty good. So 117, I bought two boxes at that level. The lowest price that I'm seeing now is 138, and okay. I think we have bounced off the bottom for those booster boxes. So uh, they, I think, it, it, you know, if you're looking to buy and hold a box for a while. I think that's not a bad one to do because your entry point is low enough that it makes your likely gains more uh, – it makes you more likely to have actual gains. So I think it's a cheaper entry point than some of the other Masters boxes, and I think it'll go up faster than the Masters 25 because it's the rares in the box that are valuable, not the Mythic rares. So the expected value of a box of Iconic Masters – is going to climb faster than the expected value of of uh, Masters 25 because you're more likely to pull the cards you want. Okay. So that's my stretch pick. It's a booster box of Iconic Masters. So it's almost like a re-recommendation because those yeah. have hit yeah. the bottom. So. Okay, yeah, it looks like the big money rare is uh, Horizon Canopy at about $6. Yeah. It's very expensive land. I know, but also there's like Ether, uh, Ether Vials are in Ether there. Ether Vials in there. So the the beauty of that is, and I want to say Grove of the Burn Willows. So the beauty, again, yep. is um, these cards are rare, not mythic. So when you open a box of these, you could pop a, a Horizon Canopy and a, a Grove of the Burn Willows and an Aether Vial, you know. So, sure. you know, not even counting the mythics, you, you know. So you, you're likely to open your value. And um, so, again, uh, you know, from uh, I don't think those boxes will get any cheaper. If you're looking to buy a box that you expect that you want to go up within a year to two years, it's not going to be a current standard printed box. It's going to be one of those. Yeah. So, nice. But uh, I know we don't want to run too long, so I think we're... So let's, let's do a quick recap here. So yeah. my, my top picks were the Sahili, the Soulscar Mage, and Maze of Zen. And Dev's yeah. picks were the Core Spirit Dancer, Vindicate, and... Buy an Iconic Masters box. That's right. That's the stretch pick. So, you know. Stretch picks. Those are our two. Mizen and Iconic Masters box are your stretch picks of the week. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, good idea to sort of hit, hit a, a yeah, quick let's, summary. Yeah, let's make sure that we, we sum it up at the end. Yeah. Very good. Uh, that'll wrap it up for today's episode. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And uh, may your picks always be profitable. All right. See you guys. Uh, bye-bye. Bye.